Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Leo Effect. Today, I have with me a very special guest. He actually does something that a few of my other guests may have humored the idea of, but not actually done. So I'm very excited about this one. Uh, today, joining me is Mr. Michael Mueller. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. Happy to be here, Ray. That's perfect. Love it. Love it. So I kind of alluded to it there a little bit in our uh, intro. So I kind of want to just get right into it and let you tell the listeners out there what what is it that you do? Well, that that can be a there can be a long answer and a short answer, but the short answer is um, director, producer, editor, um, media company owner. I guess would be the the short answer. Um, <laughs> but if I wanted to break it down even shorter, I, I would just go with storyteller because I feel like everything I uh, anything I touch, it's related to telling a story of some sort, whether. It's a short film, a feature film, or a, a commercial for a business. It's it's just changing the aspect of how we're telling the story. I see. Okay. That's cool. What was it that made you decide you were going to do this? Well, I think um, for myself, I, I've, I've always been um, a fan of movies and, you know, the past, I don't know, five to eight years, binge watching televisions really become a thing. So, and just fascinated with just stories that uh, provoke and move people. Um, and then you look at 2008, 2009, the DSLR um, camera game kind of changed things to where it was more affordable for people to obtain some e equipment and gear to you know, if you had an interest in it, otherwise, you know, it was kind of, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So it was something I didn't really ever see as a possibility to, to, to direct or even be on a set, let alone direct or be an editor. Um, so once I got that, uh, w once I started acquiring some very, very uh, low end gear, um, I, I did get lucky, um, with a client that booked me to, do a movie proposal um, in the form of a movie trailer 
which we played in a theater and captured her reaction and it went viral. I mean, like oh. in two, yeah. So like in 2011, like it went super viral. Like we where viral now is probably a lot different than it was in 2011, but we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we, we were flipping out because it was only on YouTube, like Facebook, you couldn't even upload videos at that time on Facebook. And it so we just had it on YouTube and like, the we we released it in a mor- in the morning and by 9 p.m. that night we were down at the local news station doing an interview and it had hit a million views um right now the original video sits at like 33 million um but the couple went on Ellen they did a whole press thing like basically got their honeymoon paid for by Ellen she sent them to Jamaica and they had just it was it was insane so Initially, it launched me right into shooting weddings, like a more cinematic type uh, wedding videos. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. So, and my like in '05, I was uh, interning at radio and started building rapport with a lot of indie artists. So I was diving into doing music videos, um, and then in uh, 2015, I was like no one is ever going to say, Hey man, that's an amazing music video or that's an amazing whatever. And just, uh, give me, you know, and bankroll a a film for me or, or bring me into any type of above the line position, uh, just because I I didn't have the resume for it. So I totally got that. So in 2015, I did like a, uh, like a, a, it wasn't a GoFundMe, it was like Indiegogo. I raised the funds for the, for my first short film in 2015. Um, and I was like, I'm either going to love it or I'm going to hate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like, you, 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 it, it's like that way, you know, it, it do I want to go full blown into that as a, as a career wise uh, and chase that down? So uh, it was, I had a huge success just from so many people, whether they were, uh, whether they pledged money or they pledged time or resources. I mean, it was, uh, it was a pretty intense, uh, we, we shot like, uh, 33 pages in three days in nine different locations. Holy. And it was, yeah, it was, it was incredibly insane, but I figured, I'd rather ask a weekend of people to do it than try to shoot a day here, shoot a day there. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, I was just like, yeah. I can, I can ask for their, their time in production for those three days. And then I can just sit with it in post and put it together um, at my pace at that point. And then uh, we did a, we did a full red carpet premiere of it. Um, and it was, I mean, I was hooked at that point and it was just like, this is, incredible so i went down that path that's really cool that's amazing so that was so that's like what the past 10 years have been i mean like the very obviously the very short uh small glimpse of it and then in 2019 i actually purchased a uh commercial property 2100 square feet that were uh we should be opening by the end of this month which is going to be predominantly a post-production facility um okay because we're based here in atlanta and the thing is is like we have all these productions coming in here and i want to have something uh there there may be like 
two or three actual like legit um, post-production houses. And the thing is, is like these larger productions that are here, they're shooting on a, a much larger format than what's available. So like we're, we're building the studio up to, to, you know, handle 8k, you know, something like, uh, un, you know, uncompressed raw footage from a, a red camera to where, we, there is a solution outside of just like the two or three that are here in the city. So, oh, um, okay. so, but in addition to that, it'll have like, there'll be like podcast and live stream studio in their multimedia conference room. So we can handle, uh, whether it's casting or, or callbacks, uh, of some sort, we there's, it's going to be a, like a full creative studio, um, at the end of the day where it, if you're a photographer or uh, cinematographer, we'll do workshops, filmmaking, photography, the whole nine. That's amazing. That's really cool. I'm I'm glad that uh, you've got that coming out and that you're putting all that together. I really hope that works out for you. I'm excited. I think we've gotten a lot of good um, feedback, and I, I think the 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 timing of everything is pretty impeccable because at the same time that will be probably doing like a grand opening for the studio so uh will be my first feature film that i was actually hired to to direct like meaning it wasn't a project that i'm gonna put together and fund myself Mm -hmm. i was hired by a producer writer who wrote uh this comedy called the e-listers it's about uh the unusual life of background actors and how they trudge through the bowels of the entertainment industry. And <laughs> yeah. so, and, and it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious. And I say that in the most unbiased way, because right. Every director is going to say how great their film is, but it's, it's, it's not, it's like one of those things, like when I sit through um, the edit and I'm watching it, it's one of those things I even have a hard time believing I had anything to do with it because it's 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 too good for me like to you know what i mean it's like yeah. kind of like that growth moment when you see and reflect back on uh where where you started and where you're at but there's just it has such a great cast ensemble and if you think i pushed the limit with that 33 pages in 3 days the breakdown on the e-listers the budget was um 20k it was a 77 page script we shot it in seven days and there were 60 speaking characters 50 background and a crew of 20 to 25 people and we finished exactly on like in those seven days oh man (laughs) that's impressive it's well you know it's funny because like i was I was interviewing some ADs and I, I, I brought some in and we tested them out. And for some reason, you know, like I'm a, I'm self-taught from, from ground up. Like I never, um, I never went to film school or anything like that. So I didn't know that my, the way I would plan out a shoot was a, as ambitious as it is. Um, but when I started bringing in and interviewing assistant directors, they would start looking at me like I was crazy because of how many pages I would have. Like I would, I would give them my shot list for what I was planning to shoot in that day. And they were kind of just like, you know, this is a lot of pages. I'm like, dude, we're the, the thing is, is like the team that I have, like my, my, my cinematographer and my, my entire crew, we, we just, 
I, we've worked so much together. Like they, like they know all going into it, the expectation of like them knowing me and me knowing them allows us to work at a much quicker speed. Like so many times I see like a crew call, like two days before they're shooting, they're looking for a DP. And I'm like, uh, that's like, just that's setting yourself up to fail. Like the pre-production on a project is the most important piece. Oh, okay. So getting in and knowing your locations, knowing your, your cast. And I, I mean, honestly, it comes down to the, the cast and the crew when it comes to working at that type of speed, because you're only going to be able to do that if everybody's, especially the cast, uh, is on their A game because we're able to get in and get out on scenes. But if people are having trouble with their lines or it's they're not delivering the anticipated performance that we think we need. And I think this is my first time directing comedy um, even though I, I, I absolutely love watching it, it's definitely different when it comes to directing it because when you're sitting on set, it's a much different experience trying to see how that joke is going to fall in the edit room. You know, like right, right. What's what's going to make the joke work, or what's going to make it funny? Even though it's funny there, like when you go back and watch it, and you're not. You know, do I go to someone's reaction? Do I bring in, do we need to bring in some type of Foley sound or something like, is there, what do we do to make sure that the joke lands the way we anticipated it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, yeah. So that's a different pressure, but it, it, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. It sounds like a lot goes into <laughs> a lot more than people think I, I would uh, venture to assume goes into being a director than <laughs> appears on well, the surface, you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, I, I, I did hear where you said that you, you had some previous guests that have uh, uh, me maybe mentioned it, maybe not were completely serious about just making films. And the, um, I was going to ask you what, like, what was the, what was that discussion like? Because it's always interesting because at the end of the day, it's just telling stories. You know what I mean? Right. Take the, take the technical piece out of it. If someone wants, if someone has the ability to tell good stories, whether that's through conversation or whatever, I think that someone can be a director because at the end of the day, that's all you're doing is aligning the right pieces to make a great story. So right. that's from talent to crew and bringing all those things together is really what you're doing you're more of like a facilitator you know what i mean like that's really what it is it's about having someone that can see talent and know that this talent works well with this other talent i think that's really what it comes down to right right and you've gone into a lot more depth with it than um it's been really brought up before like you really kind of getting down into the nitty-gritty of it and i love it like it's so good to hear that kind of stuff and, and, you know, I got to ask, is it from a director standpoint or you personally, is there a particular genre that you like to do or is it just movies in general? Just being that storyteller. I, for some reason, I really resonate more with darker material. Um, and I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know exactly where I or I don't know if I can exactly pinpoint where that comes from. Um, I just 
I like for me the stories like if I'm if I'm going to be writing or co-writing it with 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 somebody it, it's more about like let's tackle an obscure topic that people are they might be uncomfortable about speaking about it in public because like at the end of the day what I want my stories to do is provoke some type of emotion whether it's happy sad angry or if it makes it easier for somebody to talk to their friends about whatever that topic is. Like I have like a, a, it's a four episode series. It's called Morty. It's on Amazon. Uh, It's about a mortician who talks to the dead as they cross over. And so he's kind of like this cosmic bartender guy. And (laughs) so it's almost like, you know, he, he's going through this like uh, uh, shrink and patient type thing where, you know, he feels like he's, uh, you know, giving them wisdom, but he's actually the one that's learning from them uh, in their experiences. So like we like we had an episode where it was about a girl who overdosed and that was the girl, uh, his his he in the show, he calls them his clients. I guess that's the way he you know, he kind of coined it as like the dead are his clients. He doesn't Mm. really refer to them as dead. And then we had a another one where uh where we kind of tackle, well, not kind of, uh, we tackle suicide. Um, and there's, it's a, it's a very open, honest conversation because it's like the guy, uh, the, uh, Dean Koslick played the, the, the man who committed suicide and he was phenomenal. And it's like this very raw and gritty conversation about, it's like talking to the person after the fact. I see. Okay. And it, it, it's, um, and you know, th- there's a lot of stuff that went into that because my, uh, my writer on that project, his name's Brad Drotty, his, his father actually committed suicide when he was like 13. Um, so there was a lot of things we discussed before, as we developed that episode. And, you know, I, I feel like, um, it was, it's just a very raw look into it and, what that conversation could possibly look like right. if it was to happen for real. So, um, yeah, it was, it, if, if, um, I definitely encourage people to check that out as well. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like an amazing show actually. So we have the fourth episode that has like, um, we got into doing this feature film of the E-listers and that's kind of just taken the precedent. So like right. I have, I have the fourth episode almost finished in post-production. We just kind of, uh, we, it's very easy to lose track of time in a production <laughs> world because you're just, <laughs> you're consumed by hashing it out. And it's like your days start running together. And like, before you know it, it's like, oh gosh, we were supposed to get that out before the end of the year. And <laughs> for me, that's like, but it's a, it's a, that's a passion project. And when I have, clients and producers that come in hire me and my team like those those obviously always have to take the precedent so um but yeah morty will will definitely get that out like in the first quarter of of this year um the the last episode which it's uh the uh, episode four i think is by far my my favorite um episode because we get to see like all the layers of the onion gets uh, peeled back and 
we we really get to see what's going on. So it's 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 uh it was a we actually shot in funeral homes with um dead bodies in the embalming rooms like oh, as man. We, oh shoot <laughs> yeah so it was it was um so like yeah and yeah it's it, it was definitely uh the most interesting and unique set that i've got to work on so yeah. talk about method uh, acting Woo. yeah 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 it was interesting and it, it was definitely uh for some of the people that, for some of the the actors, um, it was our first time working together. <laughs> like, oh. oh yeah, that's a that's that's a great first story. Like, yeah, you know, I didn't know what to expect when we showed up, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, it was like, yeah, yeah. So oh. you know, kind of talking about that a little bit. Do you have a uh, interesting or funny or crazy story from your first <clears throat> your first time out directing? Oh, first time like directing like in a narrative, like a like a uh, like like or just directing in general, like because directing like uh, commercials and music videos are much different from directing like the the narrative, like short films or episodic stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I, well, let's let's go with that. Let's say your first time directing like a short film kind of thing. So yeah, so. The first, like my 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 first short film uh, called Belief, um, it's also on Amazon. Uh, it was, it, I think, because it was so crazy, and the fact that it was, I was incredibly nervous because I had all these volunteers, but everybody was relying on me from a knowledge standpoint because they're just family and friends. Like I, I didn't have like a professional crew at that time, right? Um, so. It was it, one thing that I, I, I try to do things a little unconventional because like at the end of the day, like the most important thing on set is uh, morale. And mm-hmm. because you, you're working 12 to 16 hour days, roughly. And it's just like, how do you, you know, how do you, I've just heard so many horror stories on set about people just being condescending to their help and just railroading them and uh, lack of a better word. Uh, bully uh, people around and I'm just like that you know I don't have room for like the the ego and and all that craziness so I really try to cultivate like a a very loose and uh, fun creative atmosphere so it's like I always tell my my actors I'm like I'm not a script Nazi it's more of a guideline like you are it's your job to create the character so if you feel the character would say it differently, I need you to just do what you think is best for your character. Like, I'm not going to be the guy like, no, 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 you're not saying it right. Like, I don't feel like that's going to give me uh, like an organic experience. Um, but there's always great. And en- like, because of that great energy, there's always a lot of uh, different funny stuff that that happens, which we I'm a big office guy, so I always uh incorporate the that's what she said jokes as much <laughs> as i I possibly can and it's it's usually pretty easy on set because you're always putting odd things together like c stands and you're trying to build these different rigs, so there's always these comments of like, "Oh yeah, no, it's too big and or no it's it 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 doesn't fit or you know it's too skinny or it's too small, so like there's always <laughs> constant opportunities to say that's what she said and people the first time 
of the day, like when it's new people on set and they know that's kind of setting the tone, everybody automatically just like loosens up and they're a little bit more in their own skin after they see like, oh, he's like a cool guy. Like he's right. He, he's here to have fun. Like I'm like the day I stop having fun doing this is the day I quit. Like I don't want to do this if it's not something I enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. So um, I got one more kind of wrap up question here. And this, this this one might be kind of a career suicide maneuver, but (laughs) (laughs) you you don't, you don't have to answer it, but I'm just kind of eager to hear what you might say. So if there was any movie that you may have seen recently, you know, you've probably seen a bunch of them, but if, if there's any one that you can think of in particular, that you think you would have done differently, what movie is it, and what would you have done differently? Oh, my gosh. So there's actually, can, is it fair to answer, like, is it fair to say there's probably two movies? Is that fair? Oh, that's fair. Okay, because I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm very vocal about my, I'm, I'm an opinionated guy. If, like, you ever see me on Facebook, or any type of social media, like I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I keep it real. And the two biggest disappointments I've had in films from 2019 were the Irishman. Actually, there's three El Camino, the Irishman and um, once upon a time in Hollywood, all incredibly huge disappointments for me. Um, the easiest one, I want to say the easiest one, the shortest answer would be for El Camino. Um, I felt like they, what I would have done differently is uh, grew the story. I, I feel like, I don't know, have you seen it? Because I don't want to ruin anything. Like, I hate being that guy that ruins it. Have you seen <laughs> No, I, I haven't seen any of those yet, but I mean. Don't waste your time. I, so <laughs> I was, I was, a, I was. I am, I still am a huge Breaking Bad uh, fan. And um, so, you know, when when I saw that Netflix was coming out, they were, you know, they're going to do a movie. And at the end of the day, like it did absolutely, like storyline, like it did absolutely nothing. Like, gotcha. They took two hours to show Jesse, the main character, basically shows where the show left off and then him getting a new identity somewhere else like i think if you if you look at how long that show's been off and then where we are now like i feel like that's enough time to either like why damage the legacy of it by just creating something half-assed like that's that was kind of like my opinion on it was like dude it's it was and the other thing the irishman martin scorsese i'm a huge martin scorsese fan like he is Mm -hmm. like one of the directors that is like one of my inspirations and i just felt like the irishman just fell short of whatever it is that whatever that ingredient is that makes a movie special it was missing that and i know that sounds crazy (laughs) yeah all right and when i say special i mean special in the fact that like after you're done watching it you want to watch it again and again right. and again, like like Goodfellas and Casino. I could I've seen them a hundred times each, and if they're on TV, I'll sit down and watch them because they're special. They're good. Like 
the Irishman wasn't bad. It just wasn't special. And to me, to have a legendary director with a, a you you have El Pacino and Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci in a Martin Scorsese, that should be special. Like, there's no way around it. And after I got done watching it, I was just like, eh. like I don't ever care to see it again. Wow. Okay. There you it go. Didn't, yeah. So. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that that's it. Like it's so you know, it is what it is, man. But you know, those guys have all had excellent careers. They're they're able to um do whatever they want at this point. So I I, I think people should be above not ruining their legacy, though. You know, right, right. Um. So as we draw to the end of the show here, I like to do this last part as uh, a chance for you to tell all the listeners out there where they can go to follow along with your stuff, how to contact you. If maybe, I don't know, maybe they're looking to star in a movie or be an extra or something, you know, just like your social medias, things like that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So my home base for everything I try, it's the simplest thing where you can connect with me on all social media platforms is m3creative.net. Um, and then links to everything from my YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the studio, anything we have for casting related stuff, um, for projects we have coming up, all that stuff is right there on the website. So um, I feel like that's always the best place to to drive people to because it's going to give them the, the full picture and give them uh, get them to wherever they're if they want to get to the YouTube or whatever, but you can also look up uh, directed by M3 is everything else on social media. Okay, cool. Well, that's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've found that it you have to, in these days of creating handles and uh, URLs, it's easier to, or it's better to make it as easy as possible for people to remember. Um, because say you're in passing, directed by m3 that's simple someone's going to remember that over if i because my name people have a tendency to uh really jack it up so like it's it's Mueller, it's mueller they leave out a e it's just easier i just condensed michael mueller media to m3 and it just saves a lot of, it saves a lot of time trying to spell stuff out you know right write it out for people so that's there you go that's perfect that's the way to do it this day and age <laughs> yeah you got uh, yeah definitely yeah um all right well i mean i just want to finish up by saying thank you so much for coming on the show sincerely from one leo to another this has been great you've been a, an awesome guest oh thank you i definitely appreciate being here and anytime i can support another leo you know we gotta we got to support each other. So, you know, we're, everyone's against the Leo. Uh, that's how I always like to look at it, that we, we gotta, we gotta band together as a, as a pack of lions, you know, absolutely a pride. <laughs> yes. A pride, not a pack, a pride. Absolutely. A pride. <laughs> and, you know, I gotta do my, my shout out to all my listeners out there. You guys are doing great. Keep those numbers coming. I can't do this without you. I wouldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you all later. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects. With an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners, just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.